1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast that we make about video game development and the lifestyle of game developers. My name is Larry Charles. I'm one half of the podcasting team that brings you this awesome podcast. The other half behind this invisible wall is the first person to ever use the term unpopular opinion, Mr. Brandon Pham.
2: Being unpopular, this is Brandon Pham welcoming our special guest this week, Chella (laughs)
1: Ah, i had it on my we we practiced off camera and everything right right right. so
2: i'm gonna unmute you real quick and now we should be able to hear you hi
0: there
2: hey
1: welcome how's it going
0: hello i'm good thanks how are you
1: Uh, wonderful wonderful glad to have you with us on this podcast tuesday so so happy to be working with you um i I would say usually at this point in the podcast, we just ask you to kind of give us the Cliff's Notes version of your resume, why you're cool and why you do what you do and what brings you to our podcast. And then we will take over there for the rest of the interview. Mm -hmm. So if you would politely
0: give Um, our guests a little
1: background on yourself.
0: Okay. I got to do it rudely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, my name is Shala Ramanan. I'm a video games journalist, uh, but not for much longer. But I've been writing about video games as a journalist for about 18 years, nearly 18 years. Oh, um, I've written stuff for The Guardian, um, the, the game section of The Guardian. And I write, um, well, I've just written my last column for gameindustry.com, who are based in the US. Um, But uh, I'm co-founder of Pockin Play, which is a diversity organization uh, which focuses on uh, improving the representation and visibility of people of color in the games industry. We're based in the UK, but um, hopefully one day we'll be international. Um, And I'm a game developer as well, Uh, so I'm working on a game called Before I Forget, which is a narrative adventure game about a woman with dementia, and that's with my uh, partner Claire Morley, and together we are Threefold Games, so we're a little micro studio. And I'm also working on another game called Windrush Tales, which is about the Windrush generation, which I don't know if people are aware of in the U.S., but that's the generation of people that came from the Caribbean to Britain and pretty much helped to rebuild it after the war. Um, So because they were part of what was once the empire and then became the Commonwealth, they were invited to come and work. And uh, last year was the 70th anniversary. Um, My dad was part of that generation. So I wanted to celebrate it. But then last year we found out that our government was trying to send, deport some of that generation oh. under the hostile uh, immigration policy that our government currently employs yeah so uh it just made that game even more worthwhile to uh, to make really
1: not only a full schedule but and that's me i think as well is what i'm getting at yes <laughs> <laughs> well welcome to the podcast definitely happy to have you and we want to shine as much light onto diversity issues and it's funny that like you're the guest right after what we just did on our previous show we were talking about i don't know if you've been following mordal how they're not not wanting to put women or minorities in the game because of fear that it's going to upset their current customer base mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah it's just a develop a small development team that's really in hot waters right now because they're yeah. just slow to react and basically sitting on their hands.
0: Okay. Wow. <laughs> link, that's... Okay. I thought we'd had that conversation. I thought we were past that conversation, but I guess not. Surprisingly
1: not. <laughs> Surprisingly not. Yeah, it creeps yeah. up once
2: in a while. Uh, but it, it, Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, this is a, as a development team, we know how positive of uh, having diversity and having lots of say in the development process of every game what is the uphill battle right now for other people to recognize that as well
0: um uh, to recognize the importance of diversity
2: yeah like what what is um, the think... why, are, why are people not having an understanding that this helps their, mm-hmm. their game Big
0: um, I think it's just the, the lack of diversity in their teams. Prim- mm-hmm. Usually that's the reason. I don't think people are, you know, sort of uh, purposefully going out to make homogenous games. Mm-hmm. They're just who they are and they hire people like them. And we know that the games industry is pu- primarily white and male and middle class Mm. and um, able-bodied and straight and you know all these things and um, so they just reflect themselves and they don't think beyond that Um, and it's a shame Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so it just yeah it it takes a little bit of self-awareness to step outside that and um, the default in our storytelling in the west is a white man Mm -hmm. that's the default hero Mm -hmm. who's Mm -hmm. supposed to stand in for all of us Mm -hmm. so we learn it from a really young age that that's that's what a hero looks like Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think that's primarily the reason
2: yeah and i i you know larry and i have been in the industry for a long time and i've looked at Primarily the design discipline and the writing team and as the 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 main example of how the game will come out and it is very much a referral type of industry. We kind of hire people that we know and that we've worked with before that have similar mindsets as ours, but those two disciplines in particular are I, I feel have the most influence on how the game shapes and forms. Because as an artist, you know we get our directions from that those two teams. Um, so I'm talking to a writer and designer. I would love to know both your perspective and and your experience
1: with I mean, that. I, I get why what you're saying is funny. <laughs> like, oh, let me see, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, <laughs> white guy, white oh. guy. I've looked at the design meetings and
2: I saw Larry, right. Yeah. <laughs> So, I've worked with them three times. So I've seen this many, many Dude, times. There
1: was a shot, right? Like, yeah. there was going to be some inclusivity, at least one person, though. Yeah. At least for sure, you're expecting one person to fight. But surprisingly, like, you know, I haven't been on a team where I feel like it was, like, overtly opp- oppressed for yeah. me, like, to, like, oh, Larry, no. Yeah. No, know this, no, that, no, this, no, that. Yeah. Why are you even here? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I haven't had that experience yet. So, luckily, although my teams have always been predominantly Caucasian, I would say I've always been in a group of respectful developers. Okay. So I can clearly give that credit mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, to our guest.
0: Uh, yeah, I, well, I mean, I haven't really worked in big teams. Um, you know, that's about to change. I'm about to uh, join Ubisoft Massive in Ooh. Malmo. That's a huge um, so, <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> So, uh, but in terms of my teams, um, well, I was thrown together with the people on before I forget. So there were three of us, and I was the only person of colour. We were all women. Um, so yeah, uh, I I said, oh, I I'd quite like her to be Asian, to be Indian, hmm. and they were just like, oh, okay, fine, cool. Um, so <laughs> that was nice and easy. But I know from um, peers who are in indie and still in small teams and you know we like to think of indie as um quite progressive and and whatnot but i know from peers that they have sometimes struggled um to maybe get their voice heard or uh their perspective is important is it's sometimes overlooked Mm -hmm. um so that's a bit sad and can be a bit sort of, yeah, dispiriting and wearing um, for that person. You know, there's a lot of um, emotional labor in that, in being the the lone voice um, that perhaps isn't listened to. Um, Yeah, that I think people maybe don't appreciate.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you guys are, when you're being creative, it might start with an idea alone, and then go into a meeting Mm. and then going back to being alone. Right. Mm. So most of your process is being Mm -hmm. alone and being creative. And it is disheartening to kind of go back to a group and everyone doesn't understand where you're coming from and you're trying to design a mechanic. Uh,
1: Yeah. Like usually from a character or situational perspective, I would say like there's oftentimes where my outlook will be different or (laughs) what I would say is appropriate or not appropriate. Like I would have a huge stance on like, there's a very polarizing, uh, moment I think Call of Duty which uh, World War Two yeah. had the like you're walking through this like tree-ish like greenish area uh, the part of town or I, f- I forget because I didn't even get that far in the game Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they had two men who were hanged mm-hmm. and it blew up on the internet were like what they're hanging people and then like they zoomed in and the color was like like a dark tan it might have <laughs> even been a tanned white person we don't know but it was enough that like it was ambiguous as to like the race of the person yeah. where it could have been yeah. you know minority and like Man, yeah. they got the shit for that. And I was like, if I was there, I'd have been kicking and screaming. Yeah, how did they not see that? was a problem? This, you know what I mean? I wasn't on that team. Yeah. But I actually did talk to a couple of the designers like about that specifically. And they were like, no. We were like going at each other for a couple of weeks on like just to even have this or not. A lot of people were trying to voice their opinion not to do it. But it ended up being a call that went overheads was how it was broken down to me. But I was like... But there was people in there at least fighting for it, which yeah. gave me half of a breath of like, cool. Yeah. But then there was people in there who were fighting, fighting against for it, it. <laughs> 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 fighting for it. it was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: this is historically
1: accurate. <sighs> we you could have old, done without our that old moment, You know, <laughs> can you give me these
2: names? <laughs> <laughs> but <yeah>. rhymes with, rhymes <laughs> with who? Yeah. yeah, because we worked at Sledgehammer for a long time, so we know everybody. Yeah. So yeah, it's always interesting to kind of hear the argument. Of course. At first, I think people don't purposely try to be racist, right? It's more like mm-hmm. they're trying to argue from a different perspective, and so they're so far removed from it, they don't see the the yeah. problems with it, and yeah. that's the main problem yeah. with the, the diversity issue. It's just like you can't relate. Yeah. Relate. To mm-hmm. Why? Why do you? Why are you mad? Yeah. Why are you mad, Larry? Yeah. We're just gonna hang a couple guys.
1: <laughs> it doesn't
2: mad. say Larry on the body. <laughs> yeah. you know, I
1: mean, Jesus. Ambiguously <laughs> dark. All right, why,
0: why are you taking this so
1: personally? It's not you. It's a digital character. Yeah. How tall are you? How high <laughs> are you Hang these guys. That's crazy, man. I didn't even yeah, I forgot yeah, yeah, about that yeah, completely. Yeah, that was that was. That was uh, I think they could have done without it. Yeah, it's a game about shooting. <laughs> you don't need to do that. It, it, I can see someone saying like it's a vehicle to help villainize the person we want you to want to get the main bad guy kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, World War I just, 2 wasn't enough. <laughs> I, just, yeah, I just know that, like, certain things I would say because of how toxic it would be for somebody in a certain demographic to be like, man, this is appalling for me. Yeah. I wouldn't ever want to even take that risk. If yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I come
2: from. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we, our first game yeah. had a funeral scene. And that blew up because it was press X to give respects. Yeah, yeah. And we got memed for centuries. (laughs) And uh, what was the design meaning behind that? Like, I'm sure you guys saw that was a problem, right?
1: Uh, I think it was, it really just came down to wanting to have a creative way to show that you had, like, been dismembered. Do something. And so, well, because it's the first reveal of, like, you after the arm being removed. Sure. And it was, like, because the camera pans down to show, like, oh, my arm is gone, to help set up the rest of the bionic. Yeah. uh implants and stuff. Okay. So, anyway. But yeah, yeah. As in another life. <laughs> well, I mean like I'm
2: sure you've faced issues like this in your writing meetings and people are proposing throwing all types of ideas, which is fine when you're brainstorming. Yeah. But did any of those crazy ideas get through to to fruition where you're like, "Why did we?" Well, like or here's a great question
1: maybe I can kind of springboard off of that yeah. is the like did you ever get pigeon held into something based on like right. it's a women's event so send you or it's oh, yeah. a minority event so send you because yeah. you're gonna to- you're like tokenized to represent in your writing and if so i guess how did you feel or how did you kind of handle those situations
0: so sorry what was the question again oh
1: so like i missed the the, the beginning like, you have an editor who's and i'm I'm ignorant to how the whole process of writing or games journalism goes, but like editors like, "Hey, these okay. are the articles we want you to do, and it's like two women's marches, <laughs> one minorities in games, and one you know what I mean like randomly yeah. chosen of course, yeah, so okay, you yeah, never felt tokenized anymore. I mean.
0: So, yeah so i mean in terms of games journalism i've been really lucky um where i've been sort of given editorial freedom to especially yeah in my column i could come up with whatever i wanted to talk about um that week um so i was lucky in that way but i suppose Maybe sometimes, because we did do a podcast quite in the early days, which was with the editorial team, and maybe sometimes I'd bring up a topic like a hair texture in Character Gen or something that they wouldn't really get why I was bringing it up. <laughs> you know, and they just were like, oh, Shella, you and your hair or something like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, <laughs> they yeah, they'd sometimes make, yeah, make light of something just unintentionally, because like on, on a, all the whole, like all the teams I've worked with have, have been like really, really great and supportive of, you know, whatever topics Wonderful. I've wanted to do and stuff. But yeah, it's just like, you know, a sort of cultural lost in translation moment mm-hmm. sometimes with things like that. Um, I suppose the t- the times that I feel most tokenized is when it comes to which panels I'm invited to sit Mm. on. And, uh, yeah, so so I always be, (laughs) oh, God. And it's always the diversity panel. It's like, oh, we're doing a panel about diversity in games. And, like, I've got to the point where I just, like, I don't talk. I'm just saying I don't talk about that anymore. Do you feel Um, bad that that we've asked
1: you to come on to... (laughs) no i mean we weren't even intending to talk about this it just came
2: into this. but let's talk about other parts of life because yeah i mean obviously we've (laughs) all dealt with this issue before and um Mm -hmm. but that is only a part of it obviously we want to get past that and just Mm -hmm. focus on the creativity which is you know a lot of the things that we came in the industry for Mm -hmm. i don't want to just write about Mm-hmm. an asian kid oh, yeah. <laughs> growing up in america yeah. you know there's so many different things i I have, I have interests and hobbies too mm. i don't
0: know uh, like white game devs t- seem to have no end point for writing about white kids <laughs> and <getting> video <laughs> games i know it seems
2: so much more interesting to kind of go outside of seems... your yeah just
1: your familiarity yeah, yeah. Right? especially as a creative
2: well, yeah. I'll,
1: I'll say this mm-hmm. um, it's quite risky for them to do that and get it wrong yeah so I'll at least <laughs> yeah. I'll at least give them that credit <laughs> the,
0: yeah hey Larry we, we a, wrote this black character <laughs>
1: yeah
0: oh okay
2: <laughs> in those situations Larry yeah. just said alright let me see this <laughs> let me see if I want to be your friend okay, after this yeah. or not <laughs> uh,
1: I'll applaud the attempt yeah, yeah. if it's if it's in earnest like hey it's important to us that we're mm-hmm. showing this story of the Zulu warrior. Yeah. We came up with this great story. We think it'll be cool. Yeah. Yes, Larry, we do want your opinion. We do want to kind of use your opinion as a barometer. Yeah. Put it all on the table yeah, like yeah, cool. Yeah. No problem. I can respect that. Yeah, Let yeah, me yeah, play yeah. it. What the fuck is this fried chicken doing <laughs> in the Zulu jo- You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's <laughs> 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 This is in Wikipedia, Larry. We He's we researched f- it, right? This <laughs> is not what I no, I'm just That's, that's a false This is a I can I can appreciate an earnest <laughs> attempt at trying to show like a different culture in a right. game. I actually applauded Rockstar in Grand Theft Auto Five. Right. Um, I think the character's name was Lamar, mm-hmm. uh, not the not Franklin, the the black main character, but like Franklin's friend. Yeah. I think his name was Lamar. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a risky character to write. To not have like black mm-hmm. and I don't even want to say to not have black people to do this for you, but like to be unassociated yeah. with that demographic. Because yeah. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure Rockstar game developers mm-hmm. didn't come from areas where Lamar would have come from. Right. Spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. But I actually thought that the portrayal was of a character and not taking a look at a character and stereotyping and right. then saying this is the black part, like no, it was actually done in a way that I was like, this is actually pretty good. Yeah, he's saying derogatory, like hood, like real extra hood stuff. Yeah. Where I normally am, like I'm upset because that's the only African American yeah, 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 character that yeah. they write into the whole film. Yeah, but this one was actually actually done well, and I was like, right. I've I've met people like this person. Yeah, yeah, I actually yeah. think they've done it tastefully. Yeah, I think that they show this character has mm. ideals, has morals, has grounds that he stands on. Yeah but he's just hood hood as yeah. fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's my language but you know so yeah. like that was a good attempt and I, i'll applaud rockstar on that one
2: yeah and that's them yeah. probably consulting with a lot i'm of sure people there was to yeah. make sure it was authentic and yeah maybe not risk it yeah
0: i mean franklin's mother was was it his mother or his aunt wasn't i i didn't think she was great, i just she felt she was a okay. stereotype of. Okay of a bad black mother who mm. yeah i just mm. i just like considering they don't do women well anyway i mm. thought that then to pile on with like the sort of neglectful mm. uh sort of selfish black single mother figure i can't remember if she was a mother or an aunt was just record, like yeah yeah it uh, yeah, wasn't sucks. great <laughs>
2: I didn't play the game, so I have
1: no. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm on this. I know so, <laughs> yeah. where her introduction and Lamar's involvement in the game obviously kind of light, considering the three story arcs that they're telling, but I'm not going to disagree. But you can
2: see where their focus was in their consultant. They probably didn't mm. really, they just spread too much on the game like that, too.
0: Yeah. yeah well, now yeah. I want to go back yeah. and
1: see because, like, I was just up here, like, hey, they did such a good job. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs>
0: they did what? <laughs> you got to finish the game,
1: Larry. Uh, yeah. well, I did, anyway, anyway um, well, an 18-year career in games journalism, also being involved in, it sounds like, two simultaneous game development projects. One the yeah. studio and okay. another. How system. much studio yeah. do you have? not
0: ever you, do that. <laughs>
1: She's like, Larry, I'll stop you there. <laughs> Here's my advice. <laughs> yeah, don't ever do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. The question coming from me, though, as the designer in the group is, I guess, when did you see that transition in your life occur? When Were you always interested in game development? Or was that because you're like doing the journalism? You're like, oh, actually, I want to try my hand at it now. Tell me like the story mm-hmm. of you going into game development yourself and like how great it's been for you. And yes, that is a loaded question because I know. That okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: so i've always been writing fiction on the side i mean that was my first love was you know the goal to be a novelist i mean what what journalists i mean yeah if you had a cent a penny for every journalist who wants to be a novelist (laughs) um we'd all be rich right so um Yeah, so I was was always attending either writing classes in the evening, I was always writing something. I think at that point, um, I was running a writing group, and I was fairly seriously working on a novel, and I think I was on about draft three of a novel. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw this and I think it was gameindustry.beers did an article about uh, a writing for games course in um with an organization called the Arbon Foundation, which is a really highly respected um writing foundation that does writing courses across all sorts of uh yeah, sort of uh, disciplines, so it can be playwriting, writing for radio, um, writing um, biographies, all sorts of things, poetry, everything. And they have been bequeathed houses from um, well-known authors. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I was at the um, Ted Hughes and Sylvia Plath house, which is up in Yorkshire. And um, the tutors were David Varela and John Ingold um, of inkle Games. You might know Heaven's Gold in 80 days. So he was one of the tutors, and then Rihanna Pratchett was a guest tutor, and yes. she came on for an evening. so So I saw that, and I like going on writing retreats and um, I write about games and so I was like oh this is like kind of a cool intersection of mm-hmm. things that um, I enjoy um, yeah so I signed up for that and basically that kind of changed everything kind of changed my perspective and my focus because I thought oh this is something I can really do and I really enjoyed the the it was a week a residential week oh, man. up there and from that, from listening to the tutors and their journeys, um, I picked out the, the, the common threads were that um, they'd done lots of different kinds of writing. Um, so Rihanna started as a journalist and then she studied theatre and, you know, sort of to hone her craft and David w- was the saying, he was kind of a copywriter. And then, um, and they'd all written sort of like like short stories and a couple of radio plays. Um, So I went home and I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, start looking at interactive fiction and writing a game in ink. Um, And then I did a course on writing for radio. So I wrote a radio play off the back of that and I produced it myself with a couple of friends and um, it was put on at the local uh, literary festival. Um, And then I went to a game jam. And that's where I met Claire. And that's where Before I Forget began. And yeah, that and then it's just kind of, yeah, grown from there. And Before I Forget has kind of, uh, it's touched a chord with people, which means that um, even though it's not finished yet, it's had quite a lot of good coverage and you know people have really enjoyed the demo. And um, yeah, so that's where I am now. Yeah, and then I really wanted to do something for Windrush um, as it's you know part of my her- heritage and so I was thinking oh shall I write a short story what shall I do and then I was like oh that, like I could do a game an interactive uh, fiction game that's perhaps illustrated or something um, to keep it quite simple and manageable and so I there's a friend of mine who used to work at PlayStation and he writes comics mm-hmm. um, so I said and he's i I was like, you're from the Caribbean heritage, right? And he was like, yeah, I'm Saint Kitts and Barbados. And uh, I was like, okay, I want to do this thing. Got this idea for a game. Do you want to like be a co-writer? And so that's where that began, basically. Oh, yeah,
1: that's, that's a wonderful journey. Actually, I <laughs> wish there was more opportunities for just lots of career paths like hey let's all get together as a group let's mm-hmm. just like all sit down and hone our crabs in a community yeah. collective i see artists doing it like sketch groups like on a small scale mm-hmm. but yeah. i would love if there was like mm-hmm. hey design retreat let's all go to you know Corey's house yeah he's gonna give us two weeks to just crash yeah. on couches and talk games like right. that'd be dope you know it's just gonna yeah. turn into a street yeah yeah yeah, tournament. yeah. <laughs> well is there any high level goals that you you hope uh your your game development opens up for you or like any new avenues further than game development that you're looking to explore because you did mention like there's some diversity like oh um, obviously all we're doing are different things hmm. so maybe like first stop games next stop movies hmm. you know I, I guess are there any other writing goals oh my god have? i'd
0: love to i'd love to write a movie <laughs> i mean i have talked to a writer friend of mine who's also a games journalist and he's so he's on his third novel at the moment oh, nice. um yeah and we have discussed like writing a netflix show or whatever the mm-hmm. latest iteration of streaming tv will be mm-hmm. um together but yeah i think it's just that's the good one of the good things about being a writer right is that there's just so many avenues you can take that mm-hmm. um so yeah i'd like to explore all of those avenues if possible yeah I'm a huge movie buff so to write a film would be amazing um, oh, but yeah we'll see I think I'll concentrate on moving to Sweden oh. <laughs> at the moment and uh, getting before I forget finished <laughs>
1: it's like, there, I got a couple other more immediate things <laughs> that I'm focused on well, I can't wait to see what you get your hands on there. Uh, Hopefully, we'll keep in great touch because, you know, obviously, NDA, NDA stuff, you can't say it at the time. But when you can, like, Mm -hmm. Larry, it's big. Yeah, Here's what I've been working on. This is the part I handcrafted. Like, Larry, you're
0: going to love it. (laughs) Oh, man, I can't
1: wait. I can't wait. I love – so I don't want to take your spotlight. I'll take 10 seconds to just say I love any sort of game that has story – character growth and development. Yeah. Uh, I prefer games that take me on an adventure, usually the hero's journey, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I love that over like, <laughs> a fighting game or action game alone, right? A yeah. like, strategy game alone. Like I love Gone yeah. Home. I love like God of War 4 and how they take it now. I love those types of games. And so I double down mm-hmm. on my respect for people who bring that into game development, for mm-hmm. writers who come to the table and like, look, I get it. You have a solid idea for like characters and why yeah. all these conflicts are happening. But let me let me sew that together. Yeah, let me, yeah, let yeah. me let me really put some breath into this experience. I promise you, your customers will like it. So I will always work with a good writer. Yeah, hundred percent. So I'm vouching for you and people like you who do games that's writing. Please come make these games awesome. Yeah, you know. I'm tired of shit translation oh, dialogue that makes you. me mm-hmm. upset. <laughs> Hell nah, <laughs> you know, that's, not a, that's not dialogue. You really mean? That's that. not a line. That, that's 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 cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm sure it's very
2: uh <laughs> challenging I, I, especially I feel like games writing you have to write a lot more dialogue than other mediums uh, because of these options that the players have to take and you got to have different scenarios that you got to think about and it's just a lot of writing that you got to do that some people might not even get to right um mm-hmm. And yeah. at least in the bigger uh, AAA franchises, they're moving more away from a singular kind of God of War. I, I feel like the Sony cam is kind of holding holding the torch for a, a single-player narrative, right? Just from beginning to end, you play the mm-hmm. hero, and, and here, here's the story, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of crawling back, yeah, but for yeah. a while, it felt like a lot of just open-world, player's choice, dialogue yeah. second, story third type yeah. of thing, right? Um, What's your personal feelings about that?
0: Well, I think there's space for both, or all of the, you know, all those sort of, because I suppose you have the sort of telltale, which are, you know, tightly written stories, Mm -hmm. um, but are very good at giving the illusion of choice and you know getting that player emotional investment through the the sheer sort of craft of the choices they Mm -hmm. um they give you uh you know they're brilliant games for, for uh sort of studying in that respect um but in my personal choice um I mean, yeah, no, well, sometimes, yes, cuz I do like the Uncharted. I I love the Uncharted games. They're mm-hmm. just so beautifully written mm-hmm. and, you know, they give that we've always been searching for that game that feels like a movie and Naughty yeah. Dog gives us that. You know, Consistent, they did that yeah. perfectly and it's yeah, it's such a it's a sheer joy to play in that respect because it's like that sort of that dream that uh you know gamers have always had to like play a game that feels like a movie um and then and I do prefer that to more open world games um I think it's it's hard to create a satisfying story experience in an open world you know that's a that's a real challenge and um, I think it's one that, uh, you know, narrative designers are, you know, they're having a good go at it. Like, how do we do this? We have to crack this nut because it's one of the things that really sets us apart from films is, you know, this this thing we can do, um, give an open world where the player can do whatever they want, but also somehow put a narrative in there that feels satisfying and not tacked on or extraneous. Yeah, yeah, it's a challenge, but what's great about games is there's space for all of those things. You know, there's space for everything, you know, from the game I'm writing, which is extremely linear, that, you know, there's no choice, Um, you know, the sort of gone home type games um, with very minimal gameplay, uh, mechanics um, that focuses purely on story to, you know, everything, you know, beyond that, everything in between that and, I don't know, Skyrim or something, those vast, vast experiences. Uh, but I think story is still really important. I, I think the one heartening thing for a narrative designer or writer is that story remains important um, mm. because, you have to do something with the graph the graphics have to be there for some reason. You know, yeah. there's a store yeah. you know, because the graphics are so beautiful now, there's has to be a story there somewhere, doesn't there? You have to you can see fill out the story. I know you guys are thinking distractions. Yeah. <laughs> Writers and designers, that
2: distraction that supports what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> graphics. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> is, there, is there a certain discipline that narrative team
2: and um, <laughs> writers like just just pick on? I feel like within the game development studio, like I, I the everybody art team that picks on the design team. Mm. I, I feel the design team probably talks about art the same I think exact
1: way. As a designer, I probably pick on everyone except for engineers. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everybody is
2: open <laughs> open season. Is there is there a certain group that you feel oh. like whenever we do our thing, these guys are just like messing with it too much or much. I don't know.
0: Like, isn't the narrative team always at the bottom of the rung anyway? <laughs> already. So
1: glad you're here. Okay. We're 80% of the way through yes. the project. you yes. got a week. We've already got it done. Just yeah. go in there and, like, write some stuff. sprinkle yeah. some story, some dialogue. Get some actors in there. Yeah, exactly. Do what you do. Just you know. fix
0: this thing. Yeah, yeah. We're going for game yeah. of the year
1: quality here, okay? So, yeah, you know, man. just so you know.
0: I, I feel like
1: <laughs> hopefully that has
2: been flipping. I, hopefully, narrative team is getting bigger, right? There's more emphasis on writing mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of the game. Uh, those are the core development mm. in the team when you're forming a studio now. Like, it, that wasn't the case like five plus years ago. Uh, yeah. You used to be treated yeah. like, I don't know, the audio guys. <laughs> the audio guys are unfortunately still at the end with the visual effects guys.
1: It's fair to say, like, yeah. the game size is 10 years ago, were super small, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like... Going from one writer uh-huh. at that time to now, like when you bring up Uncharted, Assassin's Creed, you have macro story uh-huh. and micro story. Yeah. You have side so quests, much, additional yeah. content. Like there's narrative designers, yeah, right? It's there's be a like reason. I just do dialogue. There's I'm doing overall story. Right. There's, I mean, I just build lore uh-huh. that goes on the website. Yes. There's, oh my god! Like it's we've grown so much. Yeah. Um. So I'm proud because yeah. as long as I know that both are sharp. If and it's hard to do, and I'm not gonna, I'll let you attest to it. I imagine it's hard to do a macro story really well that is just as like fine tuned in detail, or a micro story that's just as fine tuned in detail as like the overall macro story. Yeah. Usually, like when I see a game like Uncharted, or they do like, hey, in this area you can do whatever you want, but then you're gonna get back on right. the story path yeah. as we transition you from here to here. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's the best way I've seen it thus far, mm-hmm. and that's fine with me because, like like you mm-hmm. said, it's a game movie. Like Nothing beats Saturday morning, nothing to do, big screen TV, and mm-hmm. you're playing like an epic, mm-hmm. you know, like you're going on an adventure. Mm-hmm. I love being taken out of my life to be something or do something else mm-hmm. and, like, just really have that, like, immersed experience. Mm-hmm. And that would not be possible without the reason why Nathan Drake went on that adventure. Yeah. And you know who came up with that? Not me. Yeah. I came up with the challenges <laughs> in the location, but I didn't send them to Madagascar. You're definitely not Larry. No. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like you can come up with, Larry.
2: would you get this from?
1: Yeah. All right. Well, actually, yeah, uh, it's true. Yeah. We are here to talk about games, and uh, I know you're working on a game, so I want to give you kudos there, but I actually also am working on a little game. Uh, I've been testing it out. It's uh, it's a It's a really fun game, and it has a lot to do with dialogue. So, you being the expert, I would love if you play this game with me. Would you like to play? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, so,
0: now, okay.
1: All right, yeah, the game is called The Fast Five. Uh, I'm going to ask you five rapid-fire okay. questions. And from you, I need five rapid-fire oh, answers.
0: Oh, God. I feel like I'm on Ellen now. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: no clowns are going to pop out of your, uh, you know, the... You need the boxes <laughs> or table, so, coffee table. yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, question number one, if you could take over as the writer for any game or movie series to make the next installment, which one would it be?
0: Oh my gosh, I don't know. God, it's supposed to be rapid fire. Any game or, I don't know, Banner Saga.
1: Okay, oh, Banner Saga, nice. Question number two, if there was a video game world that you could live in for one day, but all the rules apply, which one would you pick?
0: All the rules apply. Oh, okay. Um, I'd say Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh,
1: nice. She's like, I got a couple people on my list, Larry. (laughs) Uh, Question number three, in regards to your preferred way to write, laptop, pen and paper, typewriter, what's your preference?
0: Fountain, pen, and paper. Oh, wow, fancy. Easy. Respect.
1: Question number four, your... your favorite thing to add to a breakfast burrito? What
0: the frick is a breakfast burrito? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Alright. I'm going to strike down from the record but if I ever meet you in person I need to make <laughs> sure you have a be... breakfast. Okay. Uh, okay. Question number this is question number four. Question number four was the first video game okay. console you ever owned? PlayStation. Alright. Question number five. The one game, movie or book you think was the most inspiring piece of written content that you yourself have played, read through, or watched?
0: Most inspiring.
1: Most inspiring. So personally, if you, mm. you don't have to say this was the best, yeah. Movie, so, you, know, you know, yeah. Mm. Know you
0: mean, so. Uh probably A Secret History by Donna Tartt.
1: Right, I'm gonna segue. So the game is finished, but can you give me like a little brief about a secret history by Donatart and why that was okay? By
0: yeah, so that's a novel, um, and it is uh, about a guy, a guy who's uh, a, he's a poor kid from California, mm. and he aspires to go to an Ivy League university. Mm. Um, so he's always like poring over the brochure, but I think his uh, parents don't want him to go they want him to just get a job but he's really clever so anyway he ends up at this ivy league university and then there's this elite group of students who are quite enigmatic and charismatic and they're in this sort of elite class that does latin and classics and things like that he gets wrapped up in them and the from the beginning of the book you know that bunny is dead who's one of the people in the group um so it's a how done it And when I was like 15 or something and I read this book, it was just like a really nice flip that I really enjoyed. So yeah, the opening scene is Bunny's body. They're they're searching for Bunny's body because it snowed. And um, yeah they have something to do with it. And so it's from the beginning, it goes back to the beginning and it comes through to how Bunny died. Um, yeah, and it includes, it sort of involves a sort of bacchanal that this kind of elite group engage in. And yeah, it's, it's a cool book. Oh
1: man. Anything with like good plot twists, I'm a sucker for <laughs> So there's like a free promo for that novel as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's a beautiful beautiful writer. She's really great, but she it takes her about ten years to write um <laughs> things. So yeah, the Goldfinch was her last book. So she's only written three books and you know, mm-hmm. first one was when I was like fifteen. So it's like, yeah, it takes her a while.
2: <laughs> Quality over quantity. Yeah. Well, I have a a, a favorite yeah. question that I like to um to ask our, our writers usually. Netflix. Yeah is building the interactive storytelling element, right? And uh, to me, it's obvious to hire writers from the game industry to head these shows. Like, what what are your feelings Mm -hmm. with that type of medium? This is a new type of medium for game developers, basically. More so than filmmakers, in my opinion, to make it work
0: yeah yeah i mean well we had bandersnatch yeah. was that earlier this yeah. year or yeah. was that yeah, last was year i can't remember down. yeah yeah um this year has been flying so i can't remember <laughs> um which happen? was yeah, <laughs> which was interesting it was interesting to see the games industry react to bandersnatch because you know it was i think it was hugely successful and um, yeah there's a sort of uh, before Bandersnatch and post Bandersnatch, how you talk to people outside the industry about what you do as um, as a game writer. Um, so, you know, you can say to sort of, Joe or Jane Schmo walking down the street oh yeah I write games and it's a bit like Bandersnatch or <laughs> something you know if you say I'm doing an interactive ah, yes. you know choice based narrative within a game so you could you could use Bandersnatch now as an example and they'd probably know what you're talking about whereas before they'd just have been like you what now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, even if you said choose your own adventures they'd yeah, yeah. Have just still been like I don't see how that relates into a digital form they'd yeah, You know, it's quite it's still quite a leap. It's not for us Mm -hmm. um, from choose your own adventure books to games. But for um, people who don't play games and aren't familiar with them, they don't see how that Mm -hmm. can be. (laughs) Um, So it's interesting in that perspective that it's uh, taken interactive fiction to a mainstream audience. Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole uh, conversation about whether it was good interactive fiction Mm -hmm. or not. Um, yeah, so there was that whole discourse uh, um, which I watched on Twitter, which was interesting. And um, we did a podcast episode on it. Um, I have a podcast called Argue with Toss. And my, you know, my co host Drew decided that it was uh, what did we decide? It was something like fun but not good or something like that. (laughs) That, you know, we sort of, we enjoyed it, but it wasn't the best example of interactive fiction. It was obviously doing um, things that have been done quite a long time ago in Mm -hmm. the IF scene. Um, But then interestingly, Sam Barlow is currently, um, he's working with Netflix and that should be really interesting um you know because he did he did her story which was fantastic you know I'd, I'd loved that um so i think they're going the right way um with sam barlow and i think there are other i pe- i'm sure there are other people who are involved in from the games industry in the netflix side that i can't remember mm-hmm. specific names um but that's heartening as soon as that uh Collaboration was announced. I was like, okay, this is going. You know, this is good. They, I suppose, yeah. they're clever, basically, because Charlie Brooker and Black Mirror is a really big draw and it's a big name. So they went with it with that, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Um, you know, because the- uh, people are going to watch it. You, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So. Um, uh, you know, people are ready for something weird with Black Mirror, and it was the perfect platform to try that out yeah. um because nobody, apart from us, knows Sam Barlow. Um. Right. <laughs> that was, and you so, saw it, right? um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm a, Dude,
2: dude I, I saw. I was, I was bored. Oh. <laughs> but it was like, do you want to take a sip Wait. or two sips? Yeah. <laughs> but like, what I really loved that didn't get enough attention was the Bill Grylls one. Oh, my God. The Bill Gry- Yeah, he did, like, choose your own event oh on Netflix. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was so good. He's oh, like, do you want one. me to jump out of the helicopter? What? Or do you want me to eat this... <laughs>
0: <laughs> this dookie on the ground dumb. is like oh he did dig oh
2: you're really making me do this aren't you i was like yes <laughs> my kid was in it and i was watching oh, yeah. a little i was like yeah this is really
1: you cool. know what sucks for bear because really cool. he had to do all the things yeah, i know he did it everything it was this is a new new avenue for actors like out there yeah yeah we yeah, yeah. Eat the dookie. we need you to touch the cactus we yeah. need you to let the fire dance <laughs> we need you to all, do man. the hornet sting yeah. and jump out of the helicopter
2: but i thought that was to me, yeah. you know, this model was a lot more successful with the Bear grills than the snap. Well, really? Good. That's
0: interesting. So I saw the trailer for that. Oh, you need to play like, oh, it. It was so or, fun. My, really, because it was
2: real. He was doing all the stuff. Bear Grylls yeah.
0: gets on my nerves. Yeah,
2: it was definitely more yeah. action-oriented. And it was fun seeing him kind of going through it all. And he's like, oh, looks like you killed me. <laughs> 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 I'm stuck in this cavern. He's like, yes, I know.
1: Well, maybe the payoff, right, is yeah. a lot different because you... If you're not into game development or like really gave a crap about the like nostalgia that they were kind of leaning on with the like Zork clone or whatever they were doing there. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this guy's going to eat Dookie, right? Yeah, That's yeah. super simple. It's like not it. deep. It's actually, I just want to see the result. A little, gonna, he's going to really eat yeah.
2: it. There's a certain level of control for sure.
1: I think where I landed on all that is like, I'm happy it exists. I'm happy that Netflix took a stab. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I see that, like, yeah. you're adding agency avenue, to yeah. filmmaking, yeah. right? Where watching movies has been a relatively yeah, yeah. passive experience. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, cool. Like, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of agency in it now. Yeah. So I can have a deeper experience and we can have talking points that are different than I saw it my way, you saw it your way. Yeah. Now it's, well, I did this. Yeah, you did uh-huh. this. Yeah. And this is the ending that you saw. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. I at least
0: appreciate that's that. A blurring of the lines, isn't there? yeah they What's love happening it. yeah which is s- interesting Yeah,
2: streaming data that you have that download <laughs> in 4k they love you spending more time in Netflix so that's very yeah. very good for what they're doing yeah. which is the problem that I think all yeah. the streaming platforms will have because it requires so much more time to stream games with Stadia and all these different things mm. it's a problem it's like not mm-hmm. everybody has the free internet to, yeah. to to allow that but Netflix is coming from the yeah. bottom up so they, they'll find a sweet spot for all mm-hmm. that
1: well
0: um, yeah it'd be interesting i'm really interested to see what sam barlow does
1: um i you'd, you'd mentioned briefly your podcast if you just so we can reiterate while it's on our mind uh, in case any of our listeners want to jump in on that what was your podcast again
0: it's called argue the toss
1: argue the toss Okay. It's
0: got a, a very it's a very british name <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like it. I'm yeah, check it out. It's a,
0: yeah, it's a turn of phrase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah, the, just the two of us normally um talking about games and films and stuff. Uh we talk talk about films a lot and we both write, so it's from a sort of writer's perspective. We tend to do a deep dive on like story, and narrative in films and games and uh sometimes we have guests on as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I got one interesting writing question for you because, again, we kind of illustrated that Rockstar may or may not have done character writing right. So do you have any successful techniques or Mm -hmm. suggestions for people who may be in a scenario where like I'm going to be writing somebody unfamiliar to me because professionally Mm -hmm. I'm a writer and I've been hired to do that job? Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe what quick Mm -hmm. two or three pieces of advice do you potentially have? And I don't want to say quick like I'm limiting you, but you know, trailers. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> so tips for writing the other particularly, do you mean?
1: Yes, please. And this is for me. Yes, I'm asking yep, for sorry. me. I want to get, um, I want to get better.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, getting into the headers. Well, I suppose the thing that's good that we have now is the internet and social media. Um, so, you know, there's black Twitter and, you know, there's probably Irish Twitter and Jewish Twitter. And so that's a good place to start to see what conversations those communities are having, what their concerns are, mm-hmm. um, who they're listening to, who their spokespeople are, who, their, their media that they go to and then following that and, um yeah, sort of immersing yourselves in writers and filmmakers and um, I suppose, theorists from those that group or yeah, uh, marginalized voice or whatever it may be. Um, And then consulting with people. Mm -hmm. I think if, uh, especially if it's a commercial product, then you pay a consultant to look over what you've done and um, help you get it right. Um, And I suppose failing that, uh, you ask friends or maybe, you know, communities like groups online. There are bloggers and vloggers and all sorts of people who are happy to give that kind of assistance, but ideally you'd pay them. Um, to do that because it's a skill in and of itself as you know just as being a writer or an editor or um, something would be Um, but yeah just try and immerse yourself in I think don't take because the thing that lots of people do um, with with people of colour in when they're writing people of colour they use movies and they think that the black people in Hollywood movies or on TV are like real black people <laughs> mm-hmm. but they're, they're not they tend to be stereotypes and they tend to be from a very small pool of you know what that community is like you know like people don't all come from you know one part of an LA sort of uh, you know sort of urban sprawl, Um, you know, or they don't all just come from New York or whatever it may be. Um, You know, some of us are from London. (laughs) Mm. Um, Some of us live in the countryside, you know, there's all sorts of experiences. So don't use Hollywood shorthand to inform what you think a group is. Um, I think that's the biggest, biggest mistake people make
1: a man i will cosign triple cosign whatever i can do to support that 100 mm-hmm. percent, i agree <laughs> you can always tell when you're talking to people who have done that or like who have their expe- experiences or assumptions based on mm-hmm. those fictional mm-hmm. characters like oh oh okay that's what do you get that, what, what you get that yeah. in the
2: first time conversation uh, where they come into it presumptuous and then they meet you in, in like a game dev well, it's studio, right?
1: I'll say there's two areas where I feel like most of the, like, oh, I can tell you're very ignorant mm-hmm. is fictional or mm-hmm. news yeah. are the, like, main sources where they'll say, like, oh, black people, ultra violent. They only do this. They mm-hmm. only do that. And, like, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, okay, cool, man. Yeah. They say By they the way, them? let me get them Jordans yeah. since that's what you thought I was here to do. You know, like, I was here for a civil discourse. But now I'm here for the Jordans. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't hide it you know, it's in my DNA um, yeah, yeah, yeah. according to the news anyway I'm sorry this is starting to get personal so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bow out I don't want to I don't want to take it. I don't want to do that yeah. um, I agree <laughs> I agree I just want to leave it at that I agree. Yeah. I agree
2: I mean there's definitely a small part of it is, you know just being allowed to be creative mm-hmm. and going to a work setting and having to battle through that of course mm-hmm. it's just part of it yeah Mm-hmm. part of the first part of the job yeah. I think
0: <laughs> I think there is a lot of fear though um, which is maybe why um, more diverse characters aren't written mm. um, So, which is a hard thing to overcome you know it's easy to say don't be afraid <laughs> especially in you know the days when there's like a Twitter flame fest can just mm-hmm. like take you down <laughs> um, so yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it does help if you you know you took care and you did you, you did you did the groundwork and you probably still will ma- make mistakes and when you get called out for that mistake don't double down on it mm-hmm. or become defensive. You you kind of have to just hold your hands up and say I got I got this one, one wrong. I I tried but we got it wrong we're listening for next time.
1: Yeah. I wish more people so, on both sides of the argument. Sorry. I'm sorry. The, the, the yeah, little... no, I yeah. finish. I just, okay. yeah. It's, there's a slight I know. <laughs> uh, I wish more people on both sides of the argument were interested in opportunities to learn, right? The person making the mistake, but then also yeah. the person who feels like they could either yell or be like, yeah. Okay. Now, Mr. Hollywood, yeah, this is, not okay, mm-hmm. and do this, do that, and you might have better success next time. And mm-hmm. That yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, what what yeah. I will say, though, is I looked at the clock and you've achieved one hour of podcasting with us. Uh, we've talked about writing, we've Hooray! talked about your career, we've talked about diversity initiatives, we've gone all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so I feel it's only fair as you your have. reward for stomaching an hour of Brandon and Larry. Uh, you get to talk <laughs> directly to our audience to shout out, promote, raise awareness or shine some spotlight on anything you care about, anything important to you, anything that you're working on, or just something you think needs a little more attention than it currently has. So without further ado, the floor is yours.
0: Oh, wow, it feels like I should be selfless and um, with something that um, isn't about me. Um, I will, first I'll do the things about me to, um, to get those out of the way, so if you, are uh, on Twitter. Um, at Threefold Games is my mi- micro studio, and that's where you'll find out news about Before I Forget, which is going to have a Steam page very soon, and then you'll be able to wish list it and all those lovely things. Um, and yeah, we have Threefold Games has a website and stuff, but Twitter's probably the best place to find us. Um, and uh Pockin play. If you are interested in diversity and making this industry a better place to be for people of color and all the intersections of marginalization that go with that, then uh, we are at pock in play. And you can get involved as a sponsor, as a volunteer, or just support us and big up the things that we do. That would be really awesome. We want to grow the community. We're based in the UK at the moment, but obviously I'm going to be living in Sweden. One of our team lives in Tenerife and another one lives in Germany. So we kind of are international already, but it would be nice to have some folks in the US and um, Canada as well. And um, somebody that, um, oh, somebody that's doing something that isn't me. I'm trying to think, um, oh, I have, I was just a guest on a lovely podcast called Talking Simulator, which is by Jordan Erica Weber. She's a games journalist, uh, friend of mine. And she's just started this podcast, which is 30-minute conversations with interesting people talking about game things so check that out that's really lovely
1: all right talking simulator i like the name
0: yeah that's what everyone says but i'm so slow it took me ages to figure out that that was a pun <laughs> <laughs> it took me about a week because i was like oh that's such a good name and i was like yeah i guess and then i was like oh i see what she did
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well um it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you as another one of our video guests on the podcast. So, we really appreciate you jumping on here to do this. And I wish both of your video game projects and your podcast and your new writing opportunities nothing but the best in <laughs> support. Slow down so we don't There's feel so There's so lazy. many things I have to say. Like, so I hope many this game things. goes well. I hope the other game goes well. Good oh, luck at the new my,
2: job. Yeah. <laughs> We've just been sitting here like, yeah. the whole time, not doing anything.
1: So, I know. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, thank uh, you
0: so much for having me it's been a pleasure
1: and again when you let us know when the Ubisoft project is out and I can mm-hmm. like alright we're gonna add that to the list of cool people we know yeah. so just I will come back we'd love to have you anytime <laughs> uh, definitely right. I'm Larry Charles talking to someone who writes and now it's time to say goodnight
2: I'm Brandon Pham see you guys next week
0: bye bye hey.